Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Good morning. Great to see you guys. Great to see you. If I haven't a chance to meet you, my name is Samuel. Beck and I just have the honor of serving you guys here, and we would. We'd love to meet you, so stick around afterwards. Hope you're having a great week. Hey, you picked an awesome week to be here. We're in Galatians, and Galatians chapter 6, and we're closing it out. We're actually going to get done with this today. And we've been, we've been looking, just kind of going through and seeing what the Bible has to say, just going through verse by verse, seeing what's going on there, and really just it's so much fun as we see that what was written thousands of years ago and how it applies and is so applicable today, that it's not something that's outdated, but it, it, it is for us. And we're going to do it. We're going to get through this. Galatians 6, we're going to start today in verse 9. I'm reading from the NIV, but whatever translation you have, go ahead and haul out your Bible, get that out, and we're going to follow through. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to read these last few verses, the last nine, ten verses here, and then we're going to kind of go back over some of them. But here's where we go. We'll start with verse nine. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. See what large letters I use as I write this letter with my own hand. Those who want to make a good impression on you outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised, but the only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the word has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is being a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, spirit, brothers, amen. So we're going to start with verse 9, right at the beginning of what he said. And here's what he said. Let us not become weary in doing good. And this one, I think, sneaks up on, like, everybody Because when we do something good, we expect it to work, especially, especially when we're like, okay, if God's in it, it's going to work and it's going to be like, it's going to happen right away, like for sure, it's going to work, it's going to be great. If I do it God's way, then the result, if I forgive this person, they're going to be the one that changes and as soon as I forgive them in my heart, they're going to call me up and be like, I'm so sorry, I was so wrong, right? Because I'm doing it God's way. Like, if I do it right, won't, won't the results be instant? I mean, come on. But here's what it says. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. And we just say this. We start doing good things, and it's like planting seeds. We honor God. We say, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to forgive. I'm going to love my wife, and I'm going I'm to love her like Christ loved the church where he laid down his life for And we begin to do that, and we're like, I'm going I'm to change the way I'm doing this, and we want instant change. Well, doesn't she realize that I've changed? Nope. Not yet. It, it, it's going to take time. And let me just say, that thing that you're doing, that God's calling you, you're like, well, I'm, I'm doing it, and you're, you're waking up, and you're like, I'm going to honor God, and I'm going to give him the first part of my day, and so you're, you're, you're having your quiet time, and you're like, it isn't making a difference. 
You're like, it's like words on a page, and you're like, or you're, you're driving to work, and you're listening to the Bible on your the version Bible apps, you're listening to the Bible as you're traveling, and you're, you're like, I'm doing these things, you're like, well, why don't I see an instant change? We don't see it. So often, we don't. But the stories that we hear, that we remember, are the ones of like, the guy that's like, well, I gave in the offering plate, and that week somebody showed up at my house with a brand new Lexus and gave me the keys. And we're like, what? That didn't happen to me. That's never, like, what? I, I get, I, why didn't that? But we, we see these stories, we hear about them, and we're like, well, why isn't that for me? Understand this, and let me just encourage you with this. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Don't give up in doing good. Don't give up. The person that goes to the, what's it called? A gym? There we go. You can tell I go a lot. The person that goes to the gym twice and says, it didn't work, and they quit. Well, did it work? Well, no. It didn't really make a difference. But if they expected everything that they wanted, all of their fitness goals to be met in two trips, they're wrong. But it works. But it didn't work. Don't grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. Verse 10, and this this says, therefore, so it's talking about what we just did in verse 9, don't give up, we're doing good, don't give up in doing good. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Now this was a, a huge mark of the early church. They were incredibly, it was a body of believers. It wasn't just, okay, I made a decision, but they understood that when we become a believer, we join a kingdom. we're, We're very individualized in our beliefs, and this is what I believe, and I'm saved, and yes, you are, and you have to make that decision, but when once you and I, when we make that decision, we join a kingdom. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is at hand. We, we, we join that. We are the body of believers. We are the body of Christ. The church is his body. Not buildings, but his body. It's you and I. And the early part, the early church so well did this. It just stood out. It was completely different. And what did they do so differently? Acts 4.32. All the believers were one in heart and mind, so much so that no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was powerfully at work on them all, and there was no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to those who had need. It was, if I have something, how can I help? What can I do? And we've been looking in Galatians these last few weeks on how we really are the body and how we're to care for one another and carry one another's burdens. Yet at the same time, God's like, but but work with your hands so that you can have stuff to share. It's not like any one part of us is supposed to be lazy, but instead we're supposed to all be strong We're supposed to be able to take care of ourselves, and then when we see somebody else around us that's a little fallen short, we're like, hey, let me help you, and I can pick you up, and I can do this, and this is what we see in 
Acts in the early church. This is what they, they say they do. Like, hey, I've got some extra here. They brought it to the apostles and they're like, hey, pass it out. What, what, what people need, let's do it. What people need, here you go. Go ahead and go for it. But here's the thing. The, the Christian life is a generous life. There's no such thing. How do I say this? You are missing it. Maybe I rewind and don't say there's no such thing, but you are missing it if you are a stingy Christian. No, I will say, there's no such thing as a stingy Christian because you're missing it. Because God gave that you can't give, there's something missing. You need to click over, you need to change the dial because it is the generous life. For God so loved that he gave, and because he gave, I have nothing else to do but to give. It's like it's my only response to what I've been forgiven of. He sees, he knows it all. So the generous life is the Christian life. That's, that, that is what it is meant to be. But where do we start? Where do we start? How do we be generous? And I'm so glad you asked that question. It was such a good question. So, so now, now I'll go ahead and answer that one. So here's what we do. What do we do? Where do we start with this? Number one, when it comes to being generous, the Christian life is the generous life then where do we start? Number one is this. You cannot give what is not yours. You cannot give what's not yours. Brian, Brian and I were roommates in college, which means, you know, you, you're just, you're there when you don't have any money and sometimes you have money and so you don't. Or we, and you got to figure out like refrigerator rules of the house and whose is what. And like, I accidentally would drink his milk and he's like, I was planning on that milk and you drank it. And, but what, what do you think would happen if I'd borrowed, if I had borrowed $200 from Brian and then I walked up to him and said, hey, I, I really just want to be generous and I just feel like I'm supposed to give you this. Here's 50 bucks. He'd be like, no, you still owe me 150. You're not being generous. You, you, you still, where's the 150? He'd be like, there's some, no, you know, you're not being generous. Would that be generous of me to give him 50? I'm not giving him anything. I owe him 200. Okay, but how does that apply to what we're talking about? Proverbs 3 verse 9 says this. It says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of your income, and he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your vats with the finest wine. Here's what it says, honor the Lord with the first, not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth part. The first part we honor God with is with our tithe. And now some people I say that and you're just like, wait a second, it's my money. Hold on a minute, hold on a minute. The first part we honor God with. Wasn't the Old Testament, wait a minute. Okay, Luke eleven forty two. But woe to you Pharisees. This is red. This is Jesus talking. And he says this. For though you are careful to tithe even the smallest part of your income, one translation says, you tithe down to the very mint leaf. You're like, 10 mint leaves for me. Okay, take one of those, give it to God. They're like, you're doing all of this. You're trying to follow these rules exactly. He says, but you've completely forgot about justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, that's what Jesus said. You don't like tithing? Take it up with him. This is the way he says it. And then he says this, but you should not leave these other things undone. The what? The justice, the love of God. Tithing is not the finish line for us as believers. It's the starting line. It's the first part. Tithe literally means first and tenth. So we start, you want to be generous. 
You want to begin to live that life, then learn, have money, don't let money have you. Start with tithing to your church. You're like, this church is just about my money. Then go find another one and tithe there. That you're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Because what God's word says will happen is that he will open the floodgates of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you'll not be able to contain it. And I want that for your life. So the number one thing that we want to do, if we want to be generous, is we start with the tithe. And now we're going to go to number two. Number two is this, generosity, where do we start? Now that we've done that, now what do we do? We start at home. 1 Timothy 5.8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially their own household is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Anyone who doesn't provide for their own relatives, especially for their own household. We start at home. And this is a principle that we see over and over and over in the Bible is God's like, don't, don't export what's not working at home. Back, we, have, we have a saying at home, like, we don't treat friends, we don't treat guests better than we treat brothers and sisters. Like, no, we don't do that. We're not like mean to one another. And, oh, hi, hello, so good to see you. That's awesome. I hate you. Like, we, you don't get to do that. But here's what we see over and over in Scripture, that it starts at home. And Isaiah, talking about fasting, it says, you need to look after the needy. And then it says this, it says, but don't hide yourself from your own flesh, saying that you don't, just because you're fasting, get to neglect your family and be like, well, now I'm going to be mean and I'm just, I'm just doing this for God. He says, no, don't hide yourself. This is, this is a principle that we see over and over in the Bible. In 1 Timothy, talking about church leaders, it says this, for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how can he take care of the church of God? It starts at home. And generosity does too. It starts at home. Moses in Exodus 4 is headed to go and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And God had said, okay, we're entering into this covenant with you. And yet God comes to him in Exodus chapter 4, verse 25, and it says that God is going to kill Moses. And then his wife Zipporah comes in, circumcises their son, says, you're a bridegroom of blood to me. And it's kind of confusing. You're like, what in the world is all of this? I can tell you exactly what it is. Moses was going to lead and ask the children of Israel to do something that he wasn't doing at home. And God's like, I won't allow that. It starts at home. Generosity starts at home. We get to take care of our families. We get to be generous and show them what it means to be generous at home. Some extent, that just, that just means we get, we get to take care of our kids. It's not a have to. If you've got kids, I, I get to provide for my kids. Now, sometimes it's like, are you serious? You need another pair of shoes? It's like, what happened to the ones you had? They're like, well, I was walking in a creek and it got stuck and then I couldn't find it. And I'm like, you, what? Where is it? And you're going back to that creek and you're going to look for that shoe, okay? You're going to find that $75 shoe. It's down in that mud somewhere. And she went back and she found it. I'm like, yes. But it is my joy. Like, I get to provide. We, we get to provide for our families. And we start at home. I was witnessing years, several years ago to a uh, a, a young woman, and I'm talking to her about church and the things of God, and she looks at me and she goes, I want nothing to do with it. And it was just really weird the way that she said it. And I was like, why? Can, can, can I ask you why you're so turned off to the church? And she goes, my parents were Christians. She says, they still are. She goes, but we grew up having nothing because, she goes, I couldn't do anything. I didn't have anything. I didn't, I, I, 
clothes and she, she just describes this thing. And she's like, because my parents were like, well, God wants us to give it away. And she's like, I hated it. I want nothing to do with it. Now, I don't know what actually happened. Maybe, like, she didn't get the purse she wanted for her birthday. I, I don't know. You know, and Dad's like, no, you can't have a brand new car. You got to drive a, a used car. I, I don't know. But I think the principle is, but the principle is true. That we need to take care of our family. That we, especially as, as, as parents and as, as fathers, we're, we're image bearers of Christ for our, to our children. God is described as our heavenly father. And I hope our kids know, well, I can run to my dad and he's going to help me. That the needs that I have, it's not a drag for him to provide. We, we get to. It's an honor to be able to do that. Generosity, it starts at home in taking care of your home. That'll say, if you don't take care of your own home and your immediately, immediate relatives, he's like, no, 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 you start there. So number one, we can't give. You can't give what's not yours. Number two is you start at home. It's not I'm going to put on a really great show and I'm going to give all this stuff and I'm going to be super generous over here and I'm going to neglect my family. No, take care of your family. And then number two, we already read it in 1 Timothy 5.8. It says anyone who doesn't provide for their relatives and especially their own household is from there we go and the circle gets a little bit bigger and it's our relatives. How many of you have relatives? Raise your hand. Wow, not many. I'm, that's, that's wild. I don't know how that works. We've got to talk afterwards. I want to hear about this. Oh, my goodness. So you're like, I just don't claim them. I'm, just, I'm not claiming any of them. I understand that just, just a little bit maybe. Actually, my, my in-laws are great. And my family's fun. But here's the thing. When it comes to relatives, we kind of know what's going on. We, we, we know what's going on, and we hear about Sister Susie and Aunt Sally and uncles, and we, we hear what's going on, like, oh, they can't, you know, they're, they're, they're in need again. And you're like, well, yeah, I know why they're in need. I know why they're not making their car payment, because they bought a new $1,000 iPhone. They shouldn't have done it. Like, they didn't need to. We know the difference between bad decisions and the result of just a series of bad events. They just kind of snuck up on them, and we're like, no, that's, they're in that because they made stupid decisions. Like, I know why they can't pay their electric bill. They're going to Starbucks every single day. Like, just stop. that. They could. It's just a bad decision. We, we know it. And we start, we start there. We start with our family. We say, okay, if I'm going to be generous... It starts with our family, and here's what that is, is. That is a witness to our families. Our families should look at us and see Christ. They shouldn't see us being generous to this and that and yet neglecting the needs that our relatives have. They should be able to look at us and see, oh yeah, this is how a Christian acts. It's supposed to look different than the world. We're getting ready to see a bunch of that family. Some of you are excited. Some of you are not excited. Some of you don't know what to be. Some of you are getting drugged there. Some of you are doing the dragging. And it's just, it, it's what it is. We get to hang out together. But let me just say this. Our eyes need to be open to our relatives. Some of you are like, I have no idea what's going on with, with, with my family. Like, I just, I just don't really talk to them. Let me just say this. Then your mission field is the same. 
It starts with our immediate family, and then it grows from there to our relatives. And maybe you're like, well, I've exhausted all of my options. Maybe you're like, I haven't even started. But you want to be a light? Be a light to your family. Start there. Start with your family, and then it moves on to our relatives. It's how can I be a light? What are their needs? What can we be doing? But this generous life, that's where it starts. Speaking to family, I read a, I read a story here I want to I share with you guys. It says that a married couple was in a terrible car accident, and this woman's, the woman's face was severely burned. The doctor told her husband that they couldn't graft any skin off of her body because she was so skinny. So the husband offered to donate some of his own skin. However, the doctors, after checking, said the only skin that the doctors felt that were suitable for the graphing would come from his buttocks. So after talking with the doctor and his wife for a little bit, they said, if we do this, we've, it's got to be, it's like, we can never tell anyone. Like, no one can ever know, because this was her face. And, and so he agrees, she agrees, and the doctor also agrees. So they go through the surgery. And after the surgery, everyone was astounded at the woman's new beauty. She looked more beautiful than she ever had. Her friends and relatives said so and just, just went on and on about how youthful she looked. One day, when she was alone with her husband and she was just overcome with his sacrifice and just how, how his generosity, she said, I don't, I don't even know how to thank you. Like, thank you for this. It's just, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. And he said this. He said, darling, think nothing of it. I get all the thanks I need every time I see your mom kiss you on the cheek. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you can think about that this holiday season. There's nothing spiritual in that story. I just thought it was funny. So number four, let's keep going. Number four. So where do we go from there? Number four. We're, we're taking care of our family. We're tithing because we're going to give God first. He gets that first. Then we're taking care of our family. Our family's needs are met. We're showing them generosity. And then we look to our relatives, those that we need. We, we know the story. It's not blind giving. It's not, oh, I just happened to kind of just, just have some extra. No, but we're, we're, we're strategic. We're looking. We know what's happening, what's going on. And where we see need, we, we can step in. We do. We step in. And then where do we go from there? Number four. We're going right back to Galatians 6.10. Therefore, as, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Here's what that is. We're right back to this, and we've seen this all throughout Galatians. What we see over and over is this is the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is meant to look out for itself. We're meant to look out for each other. We're meant to look out for each other. It's great to give to a wonderful cause, but it, before we go and do that, we also need to be looking at the body of Christ. So we look at the church, and some of that is things like our fill the need fund that so many of you guys give to, that stuff comes up and we're like, okay, we're, we're ready to give. We have finances. We're prepared for it, and so we give. One of the things that, that we've been able to do with that is 
Afghanistan, getting people out, some Christians out that are like, hey, we, we need to get out of here. And they're still going, by the way, and getting more out. It's gotten a lot worse, but it's still not good there. And it's getting harder to sneak people out. And it's getting more expensive. And that's literally what it means. Why? Because they got to bribe people. They're bribing more and more people. And they're like, oh, oh this is getting harder, so you got to pay me more. But we're able to jump up and to give, and there's, there's money there, and that's, that's the body of Christ. That's the body, because the body of Christ is not just us. It's not just who's in this room and in those rooms over there. It's the church. It's the universal church. It's all the body of Christ. It's missionaries. It's, it's our neighbors that are Christians. It's the body of Christ. The body of Christ is meant to be so strong that the world looks to us for help. Because we help each other. Because the body of Christ is so caring for one another that we're all healthy and strong, and it is the strong that can help the weak. It is not the weak that help the weak. The poor don't help the poor because they're poor. They, they, they can't do it. But we are meant to be the body of Christ, the church of Christ, the global church. We do our part, and then we reach and we partner with other churches. We partner with other churches. Other churches, because we partnered with them in even just this one instance of helping these refugees come out of Afghanistan. I believe now that it's over $100,000 that we, churches, have been able to give specifically to this group to help get these people out. Because if we all do something, we can do amazing things. We can do, we can do great things. If we all do some, man, can we do a lot. And that's what it's meant to be, that the body of Christ is able to respond and to move forward. So it says, especially to the body of believers. John 1, 1 John 3, 16 says this. This is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone sees Excuse me, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother in need and has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Brothers is, is, is a, another believer. A brother or sister, it's another believer. We are meant to be looking out for one another. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. We're meant to. Now, some of you, as I say that, maybe people are coming to mind that you're like, you know, there's somebody that we could be a blessing to. And this, this is a holiday message, but this isn't meant to be something that's kept in the holidays. We get to take this with us all the time. All the time. And it brings so much joy. The world recognizes this, but for some reason, it leaves it in these holidays and things where we get to live this all the time, all the time. A while back, I was a, a camp counselor at a special needs camp where these, the, the, the kids that came in had muscular dystrophy and to, to different extents and different levels. So some of them needed, um, they, they could walk, but they just needed help. And some of them, it was just the, the very beginning, the onset, and, and they could really run, but just with a crutch. And others were in wheelchairs that they could steer themselves, and others, you know, they're, they're in a wheelchair that they steer with, with their neck. And it, it was fun, but it was a lot of work, because they, they can't do anything for themselves. 
They can, they can do nothing, so you have to help them get into bed and get out of bed and get to the bathroom, and you've got a, a big old winch to pick them up and to help move some of these guys around. And, and it, was, it was a lot of work, and you had to wear steel-toed boots because those, oh my goodness, those wheelchairs are heavy, and then you put a heavy person in a heavy wheelchair because they can't really move, and they run over your toes. It hurts, and sometimes they think it's funny, and you're like, oh, what are you doing? It it was crazy. So we're sitting there, and, and we're getting ready, and I hadn't done it before, so I was there in a, a, like a counselor orientation, and then each one of the, the kids that came in got their own caretaker. And so we're in there in just, just the orientation, and they said, you know, before we really get going, uh, there's so many of you guys that are new. We want some of our, our counselors who have been here before to share just a little bit. And I'm, so I'm sitting there, and, and the one counselor gets up, and she's, she, she gets up, and she says, she goes, I get one week of vacation a year. And she goes, and this is my fifth year being here. She goes, that's how much I love it. She goes, this is the highlight of my, of my year. And then she sits down. And then another, another counselor gets up, and then same, same thing. And I sat there. Not really knowing what I was getting into, but excited to be there. But I sat there in the back and I was just thinking, you live for, this is the best part of your, your year. Why, you, you can live like that every day, is, is what I'm sitting there thinking. I'm in the back and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I, I, was, I was moved by what they were saying, but then at the same time I just thought, why don't you live this way all the time? What's stopping you from giving? What's stopping you from serving the people around you? What's stopping you? Why, why is that boxed into this one experience here at camp? You, you can take it out of that. And let me just say this. It, we're around a holiday, but don't let this get boxed into a Christmas message of, yay, we get to give around Christmas. This is fun. Okay, great. One, woo, take the tree down and put that away too. No, this is meant to be the way that we get to live all the time, that we prepare, that we're looking for ways to give. We're preparing to give. And I know that some of you, you do, because you tell me the stories. You put money in your wallet that's extra that you just put in your wallet, and then you're, you were walking through Costco, and you saw somebody just had a whole huge, like one of those push carts full of waters, and you were like, what? You went over and you talked to this girl, and you're like, what are you doing with all of this water? And they're like, well, we've got a bunch of teens that come over to our house, and they told the story, and you were like, great. And so you hauled out some money, gave it to them, like, I want to buy all the water for your youth event tonight. God loves you, and you walked away because you were prepared. So some of you, here's what, we, here's what your assignment is this week, is to prepare. Prepare to give. Some of you, as we've been talking about taking care of family and relatives, there's people that's on your mind, and you're like, you know what? There's something that we could be doing, and you need to pray about what God would have you do and in some of these situations. And others, you're like, I don't know, and even as we're going forward, I don't know exactly what our next stop, step is, but I want to be generous. Your step is prepare. It's prepare. It's change a little bit of your lifestyle. It's, it's take the Christmas bonus and be like, wait a second. Maybe I just go out to eat. And say, God, lead us to some place with a, a waiter or waitress that really needs some money. Maybe you go in and you get some horrible, horrible service at a restaurant. 
And so instead of leaving no tip, you leave a honking tip. And you say, God loves you, hope you have a better day. Instead of giving them what they deserve, you, you, just, you, just, you just add a zero and then maybe another zero. You're like, yeah, we're going to leave a huge tip. That's a honking. It's honking. It makes no, absolutely no sense. So big that they chase you back out of, the, out of the restaurant and say thank you. Or they're like, are you sure? Did you mean to do this? And they want to try to give it back to you. Maybe that's how you prepare. Maybe it's, it's changing your budget. So you're like, you know, we're going to give a little more. We're just going to, we're going to set aside we're going to be prepared to give when the need arises. So what we're going to do is we're going to set aside a bit of our monthly budget just, 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 just to give away, just for random act of kindness. We don't know what it's going to be, but God, when you lead us, we're going to be ready for it. We're going to be ready to do it. Preparation makes all the difference, and it's so much fun. When you're prepared to do something so that you don't come across another need and be like, we would if we could, but we already spent it all so we can't. Maybe for you, it's, it's preparing. He's just looking at how much you gave last year and be like, you think we can give a little bit more? And have some fun that way. Be like, I bet we can. I bet we can give more. I love this time of year as we're looking and reflecting and, and getting ready for taxes next year and looking like, how, how, how much did we give away this year? How much did we give away this year? Where did, it, where did it all go? And oh man, is this so much fun? Maybe that's what you get to do. But be prepared, because when we're prepared, our eyes open and we see things that we didn't see before. So several years ago, we, we, we started having kids, and, and like we had two, and we're like, okay, yep, um, those are both surprises. We're like, woo, but they're awesome. It's great. And, and we had this awesome car. I loved it. It was four-wheel drive. It was an Xterra. It was a stick. I liked that, and it was four-wheel drive. I don't know if I mentioned that part already, but it was, it was just, just great, and I could go off-road. It was so much fun. Well, and then, and then somehow Becca got pregnant again, and I'm like, well, we can't. We can't fit in this car anymore. Like, we need something a little bit bigger. Like, well, what do we get? And, and, and I'm like, I know what we need. And I picked out this truck. I'm like, this would really meet our needs. But then Dutch took over, and I found a really good deal on a minivan. <laughs> so I bought this, like, this, this uh, burgundy Pontiac, and it was called an SV6. It was a minivan. I'm like, that's all it was. It was a minivan. They're like, it's an SV6. I'm like, minivan. Anyway, it was a minivan. But it was a good deal. So I went to look at this thing, and I'm like, it's a minivan. It says SV6, it's a minivan. I'm like, I've never seen one of these before, but I was like, it's a really good deal. And it's got lots of seats. And like, it's got, what did I have? It had seven seats, apparently challenge accepted because we filled all of them. But anyways, <laughs> so we're like, well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get this van. So I bought it, and I'd never seen one before. On the way home, you want to know what happened? They were everywhere. I was like, there's one, and there's one. I was like, we got home, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, there's another one driving by, and there's another. I had never, I swear I'd never even seen one before. And then all of a sudden, they were everywhere. I drive to work, and I park, and I come back out, and I go to look for my car. There's two. There's one burgundy SV6 Pontiac thing, and there's another burgundy SV6, and somebody else I worked with had one. I didn't know it. I'd never seen it before, but I, was it the same? We, yes, several times I got in the wrong car. My kids got in the wrong car. We're like, oops, this stuff. You know, we open the door. My kid's like, Dad, what is this? And I'm like, I didn't get him anything. What are they talking about? I'm like, Wait, this isn't our car. The only difference was the rims. I'm like, do not go in that car. But here's the thing. 
Did everybody get stupid Dutch at the same time and all buy SB6s that were cheap? Or were they out there the whole time and I just didn't see them? But something happened in my life that changed what I was seeing and suddenly I saw something that was there the whole time. I'm pretty sure it's the latter and not the former. Here's the thing. When we prepare to be generous, here's what's going to happen. You're going to see opportunities around you that you never thought were there. You're going to see it. Your wife's going to be like, hey, what about? And you're going to be like, I already saw, I know. And you elbow her right back. Like, you're ready for it. Like, yes, let's do this. Because we're prepared. Because we are prepared to give, our eyes are open. James 2.14 says this, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food, and one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? That says so much because the power of prayer, there's so much power in it. But as we have ability, God says, do good. Do good to those that are around us. Do good. Where does it start? You can't give what's not yours. So give the first part to God, you tithe. And then we start with our families. We take care of our families. We take care of our relatives. And then as the circle gets bigger, it's the body of Christ. And then after that, where does it go? Galatians 6.10, what we already read. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. And the circle gets even bigger. The circle gets even bigger. And now it's the world. It's how can we be generous? How can the body of Christ be generous and show God's love to those that are around us? That's what we get to do. And let me just say this. If you think being a Christian is boring, start giving, and it will change your mind. It's so much fun. They say that money can't buy happiness, but you know what they have found? That giving it away sure seems to. We're going to get presents. You're going to give presents. It's fun. I love giving presents that I want to. I'm really weird when it comes to gifts. Like, you can ask for something lame, and I'm not going to give it to you. It needs to be fun, but for me and you. Like, I don't know. I'm broken that way. I love giving gifts, and it's fun around Christmas to see and do that. But let me just say this. That's meant to be who we are all the time. It's meant to be who we are, that we're planning and thinking. Because we realize Jesus is coming back. We can't take it with us. And we understand that he is no fool who gives, gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And the lives that can be changed because we choose to be generous, the impact that we have that impacts one person, that impacts another, that impacts another. I pray that this holiday season, you embrace generosity, you're giving, you love it, but that you don't pack it up, but that you keep that with you and you're like, you know what? I'm going like, to live like this next month and the next and the next. Because God loves you so much, he gave his only son for you. We're out of time, but before we go, would you bow your heads and close your eyes?
I want to make sure that everybody in here, or maybe you're just watching online, but wherever you are, you know, beyond the shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. Because the number one need that anybody has, it's not clothes, it's not food, it's not shelter. You want to know what it is? It's Jesus. It's to be forgiven and to know that you're on your way to heaven and begin to walk out the plan and purpose he has for your life right now. Because if I meet every other need you have but neglect to introduce you to Jesus, then the greatest need you have has gone unmet. If you're here and you do not know where you stand with God, you can leave here knowing. God's word says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he died on the cross and rose again, we can be forgiven and set free and begin to walk out the plan and purpose he has for you and me. So if you're in this room or you're online, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. If that's you and you say, today's the day I want to give my life to him, or maybe for you, today's the day you come back. Maybe you've been doing your own thing, but you're like, God, today I'm going to give you my own. I need to come back to you. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. And when we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God, that you're forgiven, set free, and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that he has for you. If that's you, get ready. You're going to lift your hand high, and we're going to pray together. One, two, three. Shoot it up right now. Say, that's me. And today is my day. All right, hands down here online, wherever you are, let's pray together. But everybody here, we just pray this prayer out loud. Repeat after me. Those that lifted your hands, you make these words your own. Say them from your heart as we pray together. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for shedding your blood so I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'll serve you. Forgive me and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.